Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are in Austin, Texas, as usual, live yeah. and just down the road a piece from Circuit of the Americas. Over the yonder. And man, we have a fantastic show for you tonight. This is John Massengill. I'm in studio with Les Kaiser. Howdy, howdy. Jonathan Green is out, this, out in uh, California at the Sonoma Festival of Speed. He's actually still on the microphones. Oh, no! Oh, mayhem! <laughs> yes. Yeah, it could happen. It's probably mayhem with him on the mics out there. He uh, He's out there, and I don't know if he's going to be able to join us or not. I really don't expect him to because he's on the mic till 7.30. So if we're lucky, we'll get Jonathan and hear more about all that, but we'll hear about it next week. But, but man, we have a great show. We have, we have five-time IndyCar champion Scott Dixon on the show tonight after his win just, I don't know, a couple hours ago at Race 2 in Detroit. So Scott Dixon's going to join us here in about 20 minutes. And, of course, there was a fantastic MotoGP race Whoa. this morning. yeah. That that was one of the best I've ever seen, for sure. Best of the I'll season. I'll say the podium was very emotional. Yeah, yeah, with Danilo Petrucci yeah. winning his. Thank you, Dylan Gray. <laughs> I think that's uh, oh, I forgot his name. The, the guy that used to do it. Anyway, but I think that's his first MotoGP victory. I mean, he has. It's a really great story. We're going to talk a lot about that. And we're also going. Mr. Les Kaiser is just back from the Monaco Grand Prix for Formula One. He was there. If you missed that show, it was awesome. <laughs> Les was walking through the paddock. And so we're going to talk a lot about that later Lindsay in the show. Vaughn coming by, American Skier. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Lindsay Vaughn, he uh, ran into. It, uh, and that, more. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you about all those scenes that uh, didn't necessarily translate to radio. But oh, uh, man, I'll, yeah. I'll try to share that. I've had a lot of questions. Just uh, wanted to hear more about it. So we're going to share that with you. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of Formula One later in the show because, Les, we're sent, we, we, he did such a good job. We're going to send him to Canada, and he's going to go to the Canadian Grand Prix next hey. weekend. And, and Jonathan, we're going to send him. He's going to just leave Sonoma and just head on up to Chicago because next weekend on Saturday, they're having that Formula One festival in Chicago. So nice. we're going to cover all these things and the MotoGP, IndyCar, all that tonight. So, uh, But let's go ahead and jump right into IndyCar because it was the duel in Detroit, as they say, at Bell Island. That's a really interesting venue there. And so with two races, and let's start with, with, uh, with race one. And there was a little rain in the race. Yeah, started off wet and just uh, went crazy from there. You know, these are these are public streets. I mean, imagine if you will, you know, if you've been to Austin and been to Zilker Park, imagine let's throw a race out there on the Zilker Park roads. And uh, <laughs> that's honestly not much different. You know, you see it, uh, Phillips Island, different areas uh, where they'll take a street course and uh, put it through a park. Beautiful scenery, fantastic race. Started off wet, 
Lots of jockeying yesterday. It really was a tough race for a lot of the guys. Uh, my gosh, there was a- action from lap one. Uh, lots of banging, spinning, sliding around. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great race. But let's run down who who won it and talk about this a little bit. Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi won the race. Just Joseph Newgarden won, of course. And Alexander Rossi second. Uh, Takuma Sato, Felix Rosenquist, Ryan Hunter Ray, Simon Paginot. Uh, following up his fantastic May with a fifth, a sixth place there. Then Graham Rahal, Zach Beach, Hinchcliffe, uh, Spencer Piggott, Sebastian Bourdais, Colton Herta, the rookie in 12th, another rookie, Marcus Erickson in 13th, another rookie in 14th, Pato Award. And uh, then it was Kanan, Andretti, Chilton Power, Ferrucci, another rookie, Ed Jones, Matthias Leist, and Scott Dixon, because Dixon. Uh, crashed in 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 race one and really a little scary. You know, he looked a little rough. It really did. That was a uh, a tough scene just all the way around. There were so many people hitting the wall, so many nose on spins, and then nose to nose collisions. There were uh, it was just everywhere, and it could have been really bad. But you know, I mean, you got to say kudos to a lot of the safety equipment. NBC did a great job of zooming in on some of the uh, retaining cables and and equipment around the suspension, really showing off the advancement. Ten years ago, it would have been a very different story. Yeah, pretty scary. Uh, Alexander Rossi continuing to have another great season. And second, Newgarden, you know, uh, champion himself and great race. Takuma Sato, though, he's had a really good – you know he's he's been up there all season, and we got to get. I'm going to bring up the standings, current standings, because Takuma Sato had another great race, and uh, you know Graham Rahal has had another great race and had another good race, and looking good all season. But but yeah, you know with the rain and on Saturday, I kind of like him when you have him on Saturday, and especially when we don't have a Formula One race. And we get to fill in all the blanks because we have two IndyCar races instead. That's right. That's right. And it's going to continue on a Saturday theme next week. The IndyCar crew is coming to Texas. Yep. So the standings right now are New Garden in first, Alexander Rossi, then Simon Pagano. I think the. That's right. Because right, Pagano was leading after the 500. That's right. right. So it's New Garden, Rossi, Pagano, Dixon, Sato. Yeah, you know, I knew Sato had been uh, doing well all season because he's in fifth place. And those are pretty tight. It's 316, New Garden, 301, Rossi, Pagano, 291, and Dixon, 264, and, and Takuma Sato, 255. So it's it's definitely a tight, uh, tight standings for the season right now. So so let's also, we, obviously we've got Scott Dixon coming up here in a minute, but let's talk about race two and... That was a great race, man. There was a ton of action in the race today. There was, uh, it was all kinds, and and it was everywhere. You know, the uh, the one that just really stands out to me, Marcus Marcus Erickson, yeah, winding up on podium. How cool was that? I really, really happy for him. Do you realize how close he was to winning that race? Because Dixon took the lead with uh, about fifty, uh, about fifty of seventy on lap fifty. But right before that, they had Dixon and Erickson both pitted right about the same. Dixon pitted first, and then uh, Erickson pitted right after that. And then so uh, Erickson had a really great pit stop, and he was about to take off, but there was traffic. So he had to wait for a car to pass by, you know, maybe, I don't know, a couple of seconds. And when he came out, he was tighter than that right behind Dixon. So had had the timing of that car 
in the pits been different, then Erickson would have probably won this race today. You know, what about Rossi? Rossi got in a tangle, was a three-car spin. He managed to keep his running, did a quick uh, Bo Duke spin and got out of there and uh, managed to to save himself quite a few spaces there. So that was amazing to me. It was cool to see him survive all that. Yeah, what that was, that was... So Hinchcliffe came right out of the pits and he jumped right behind... um, he jumped behind, let's see, Joseph Newgarden was, was leading, right? And, oh, wait, Rossi was leading, sorry. So he jumped in right behind Rossi, right ahead of Newgarden. So they were all three coming down, you right. know, and hitched down on his, on his cold tires. And Newgarden goes to the inside and, um, and spins at the, at the next corner because he had carried too much speed into that corner. He spins, and then they all three kind of pirouette spin at the same time. And, and, and then uh, Rossi was able to be, he was kind of at the back of that. So he was able to accelerate out and take off and, and, uh, and save his race. And so, but, but that's what happened. New Garden was, was, was really the one that, uh, that caused that. Just insane. Uh, the, the racing that was going on, uh, little buddy Santino Ferrucci actually had an unobstructed view of the front for a while. Uh, that was interesting. That worked out through a pit cycle, so it, it didn't really get yeah, him very he far. Was a, but it was still great to see him up there in clean air, in you know clean running, and he was lapping very well. He was, yeah, he was. He looked good. He was on the harder tires, and I think he made those tires last thirty, almost half the race, like thirty-two laps on those tires. What about the huge wheelie? It was a, I don't know, a hundred mile an hour wheelie by uh, Bourdais. Yeah, I think he was looking for some traction. <laughs> <laughs> he made contact with Spencer Piggott because it looked like, well, Piggott was about to pit, right? Yeah, so he Pickett was slowing down. came across, and honestly, I kind of put that on both of those drivers. So if you didn't see it, folks, Pickett is coming up. He's approaching the pit-in line. He is migrating across track, and that's when uh, Bourdais clips him from behind, goes airborne, as tire-to-tire contact will do in this sport. And uh, it does look like one of those MotoGP wheelies trying to get traction <laughs> and uh, take them both out. Whose fault was it? Should Piggott have been further over uh, as slow as he was going? I think it probably leans that direction. Yeah, that, I was thinking the same thing. I would lean that way. You always hate to, you always hesitate when the guy in the behind crashes into somebody. But but I think you're probably right. But what about the way that Bordet's wing, his front wing, came off? And got underneath the right front tire and stayed there. And the right front tire was not moving. And of course, he had to he had to go the entire all the way around of the track with the front wing. So it went up, it flapped up on top of the nose of the car, and then it went it caught underneath on the right side, running uh, the, the the length of the car mm-hmm. right there. So he he skidded that front wing all the way around the track. So we've we in fact we just did we talked about. How suspension components are tethered to the vehicle to be safe. Yeah. The wing, the front wing is also, and that was another view that you saw that it maintained uh, connectivity to that wing and so that it didn't lose it. But yes, it meant it wound up under the front tire and was stuck there, and he wound up being handicapped by only having one tire that really <laughs> guided him around the rest yeah, of the track. He was just trying to get around the track at that point. So, uh, you know, like I said, one more of those safety things would have been a very different result. 10 years ago, had that wing come off and go back into the rest of the field. 
All right. Hey, I want to give out the phone number. We get a lot of calls on our Formula One show. Let's get some calls here in Austin. 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5483. Give us a call and tell us what you thought of the IndyCar race or the MotoGP race. But we got Scott Dixon here in about about five minutes. So, um, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to have a question for him, call in right now. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, in the IndyCar race, you were talking about, you know, we're talking about possibly going around the track, but what about Felix Rosenquist? So it was about, I think it was about five. He was the one that caused the red flag at the end. So it was, you know, five laps to go. So he had a brush with the wall, right? Yes. And you, and immediately after that, he comes on the radio and says, I broke the car and you could see the steering wheel. As he's turning the wheel, the car is not reacting yeah. right. And, and, and I'm sure he's thinking, all right, I've done only five laps to go. I've got to fight for this. But the car was not functioning at all. And then, of course, he really broke the car because he spun and put the back end of the wall. And that's what caused the red flag. Yeah. And, you know, if hindsight, he should have just brought that car around or, it home. you know, something. But, but yeah, that was, that was what was caused the red flag at the end. Definitely. How about Colton Herta? I am so proud of this rookie. Man, yeah. it is so cool to see him out there. He wound up 12th in the second race. Uh, had some tough you know, passes, some tough competition, but I'm loving seeing this kid this, this I know. Season. This is, that's probably my favorite story of this season so far is watching Colton Herta. But, yeah, let's talk about the second race before Scott comes on. Uh, so Scott Dixon won the race. And like we talked about, Marcus Erickson, the Formula former Formula One driver. And what about Will Power? Will Power was third in the race, but at one point he was sitting on the side with a car that didn't work, couldn't get it in gear, and somehow finishes on the podium. Right? Yeah, he went through it. You know, something came of the transmission. He had to essentially reboot the software <laughs> and yeah. uh, got it going. It went into anti-stall because he almost stalled the car again. Didn't seem like he could get anything right, and then sure enough, he winds up back on the back up front, back on the podium, finished third. So after that was Ryan Hunter Ray in fourth, Alexander Rossi in fifth, Marco Andretti in sixth, and Graeme Hell seventh, Zach Veach eighth, Sebastian Bourdais in ninth, and let's see. Oh, here come the rookies. So in tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Now wait a minute. All three of the rookies finished right next to each other in race in race one and in race two. So it was Ferrucci, Award, and Herta, 10, 11, 12 in race two. two. And in race one, that's weird. It was Herta. Uh, oh, it was different rookies, different rookies. But anyway, it was uh, Herta, Erickson, and Award finished 13, 14, 12, 13, 14 in race one. Anyway, so, but yeah, back to Okay, but, but wait a second. You're not far off of that. 12, 13, 14, yes. Herda, Erickson, Award, Santino is back in 19th. That's yeah. a pretty tight grouping of rookies, especially when you look at how many veterans are behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That tells me that, you know, stay tuned to this rookie class. They're coming up strong. All right. Well, I think we better go ahead and take our break because we're supposed to get Scott Dixon here at 720. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin. And back after these messages, give us a call during the next segment, 512-643-LIVE. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. 
Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane, just east of I-35, and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride, or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. I think that is Imagine Dragons, who's going to be here in Austin for the Formula One race, the Friday night concert here in November. All right, well, we've got, uh, we're waiting on Scott Dixon to call in, should be any minute, and we're going to see what he, he's the winner of today's race in Detroit, the uh, race to Detroit Grand Prix. And But I, I want to talk a little more IndyCar less, because you know, I need to find this story because not only did Scott Dixon win the race, but he also got not knighted, but some almost equivalent in New Zealand. And I got we got to ask him about that story too. So that he's having a pretty good weekend. I mean, I know he had a a rough Saturday because he crashed, uh, and I want to ask him about his. He apparently was having he had a headache and not feeling good after that. So. We'll see what he has to say about all of that Alrighty. as well. You want to know? Well, it was Queen Elizabeth II okay. on Sunday presented him with the Companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit in recognition for his services to motorsport. Yeah, not not bad, I guess. I don't. Really... Should we bow or curtsy when he comes on now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know the protocol. Queen Elizabeth of New Zealand. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The second. <laughs> Yeah, Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, sorry. I, do, I would don't, do not want to. Insult now you've got any, that accent down. I yeah. do not want to. That's I don't know what that accent was. It's kind of British, maybe not. I don't know. But outlaw, <laughs> outlaw British. There you go. New Zealand, Australia. You're in. <laughs> hey, so but yeah, I want to talk about the rookie class this year with Indy cars. Rosenquist, he is pulling his weight, and as Jonathan would say, he's pulling up stumps. This guy is killing it. Every time you turn around, he's up in the hunt. You know, occasionally he causes, might be hunted by some of his fellow drivers, but he has been rocking it. Marcus Erickson, I can't say is necessarily a surprise he's doing so well. He did come out of Formula One, and so, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to see him there. Colton Herta is catching me by surprise. By all means, yes, he was fast at Coda during testing. 
Yes, he's rocked it every time he gets out of there. But honestly, uh, he wasn't a name that was getting a lot of attention before he hit this. And I don't know why. I mean, we followed the threes and fours. Where yeah. was he then? Yeah, good question. Good point. Uh, Pat Ward. Uh, debatable whether we call him a rookie. I mean, but uh, yeah, yeah. still, he's... Well, all of these guys, you know. Yeah. Just, Herda is a rookie, yeah. for sure. Uh, Santino has done great in the undercard series under the Formula One series. Uh, got some knocks on his head and knuckles. I uh, think he's learned from him and uh, seems to be coming around. Uh, I think he's going to do well if he can. Uh, I'll say if he continues to mature, I think we're going to see him on a regular he can, basis. He can leave his phone out of the car. Yeah, not leave it in his suit. So yeah, yeah, that uh, that busted him, and 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 truly that that was a good call for getting busted. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really anxious to talk to Dixon because uh, you know he had. Uh, he tr- crashed out of the 24th lap on Saturday, and but t- for for today's race, he qualified sixth. He led 44 of the 70 laps, and he, uh, yeah, obviously five time winner, five time excuse me, five time champion, Scott Dixon. And so, uh, I, I really I want to hear about his health too because he, he, like I mentioned before, he said he was struggling a little bit he had some he had a headache and some other pain i want to ask him what that was but but yeah you know what Les, you're right this rookie class in this year's indycar has been one of the funnest things because like for example colton herta talk about a true rookie he was the youngest rookie ever to win an indycar race right here in austin right yeah. here circuit of the yeah. Americas. Uh, what was it he was going to turn 19 at the end of the year i think no, I think or he is, he is already gonna, turned nineteen. Okay, so he's going to turn. Yeah, he was eighteen, and he was like two weeks away from turning nineteen when he won here in Austin. And I, I've said this on the show before, but I remember going to the testing. I think it was testing. I don't think it was qualifying. I think it was the testing when they came here to Austin. Yeah, and he was he led either every session or almost every session during the testing. By a healthy margin too. Uh, I know when I was out there, he was definitely leading it. Not a, uh, not what we expected. Oh yeah, it was a you great know, surprise. A new though. track, new. You know, a couple of the guys have been on the track otherwise, but uh, that was just incredible for for a rookie to come out and bust out on the scene like that. Yeah, and we got to interview Colton Herta after the race here in Austin when he. Uh, you know, it's funny he came. We did a post race show, and he came into the booth, and we got to, we had spent I don't know what about fifteen minutes with Colton and. He was he was a he's a sharp kid, obviously, and you know it's funny we kind of take that for granted with with race drivers. The you know the it's a little different from your average stick and ball athlete. I don't know. I guess just the the mental acuity you have to have in racing because they all seem to be really sharp guys in racing. They are, you know. I'll say that you know they're very skilled. They're very in tune, uh, eye hand coordination, all of that. But, uh, you know, it, I'll say it's changing. You know, we're hearing about three-year-olds in racing carts, and I think that's where it's happening. Whereas before it was, you know, the famous drivers didn't get into whatever they were going to get into until their teenage years. And that's, that, that 10, you know, that uh, 10 years is a big, big change for development. All right. 
All right. Well, we are very excited because we have the winner of today's race two in the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, Scott Dixon. Hey, Scott, welcome back to Speed City. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on. It was uh, definitely a fantastic day. Good to talk to you guys. Well, yeah. we, we're always excited to hear an IndyCar driver because that mean you, you mean you, means you won the race today. So congratulations. And uh, yeah, tell us about your weekend. I want to start with, well, I want to start with Saturday. You had a rougher day. You crashed out. And I know you came into today with, you said, uh, a headache and some other pain. Tell us about that. Yeah, yesterday was definitely hero to zero, man, in a, in a very <laughs> quick, uh, very quick situation there. But yeah, clipped the inside wall going into the back straight, which you know when I broke the suspension, just sent us straight and you know head on into to the next wall. But um, you know, I think the toughest part there is just you know uh, I think coming off India and the relentless work and effort and weeks that were there uh, to a double header in Detroit and then we have Texas you know it's just super hard on, on the crew and you know for them to have to repair that car last night you know to, to work through uh, all hours of the night to, to get it ready for today you know this was the only time to you know try and get some redemption so uh, tremendous day for us you know it was uh, big you know I think points wise too you know we were really getting to that almost 100, 100 uh, point mark where we were going to be out of the lead which um it's really hard to kind of salvage and get yourself back into, you know, into the, the championship chase. So at least we have that today. We're almost, you know, right back in there and, and we'll keep our head down and, and keep trucking off next week at Texas. Yeah, that's right. You're now sitting fourth with about about 50, uh, about 50 points behind. So, yeah, that shook it up good. That's great. Well, we'll talk about the race today. Before you came on, I was talking about how uh, you and Erickson had both pitted. You pitted right before he did. And he had a great pit stop, but he had to hit a little traffic, and he came out right behind you, and you guys finished up that way. But, uh, but yeah, I think you led what forty four laps today. Yeah, we, we definitely led a lot of laps. You know, I think uh, strategy was was as it always is in Detroit. You know, it gets very interesting. Um, you know, the red tire typically falls off really fast. Um, you know, we had that caution early in the race, and just about the whole field pit. And I was like, oh, no, we didn't pit. This is going to, you know, this is going to be disastrous. You know, I think we were sitting fourth or fifth at the time and, you know, everybody else came in. But it's uh, luckily that first yellow carried on a little ways. It got us to the, you know, the fuel window that we needed to, you know, lap 15 when we actually pitted. Um, you know, we had another caution come out for, for a crash, uh, which, you know, sort of calmed down, uh, you know, our position enabled us to get a little more fuel mileage under the caution. And, and, and you know, it was still going to be very tight, you know, to try and get to the end of the race. But, um, um, you know, we uh, we did a, a fantastic job on the on the strategy. The whole crew did, and you know, pit stops were phenomenal. And uh, of course, you know, in de- typical de- you know Detroit style, there was you know two or three more cautions at the end that we had to hold off uh, you know some serious competitors behind. Well, Scott, I mean, I, I think it's uh, rather appropriate. I was joking around during the race; this looked more more like rugby. So I guess it makes sense you bubbled to the top in that, <laughs> leading at three different times through the race. Uh, it, that was just. Joker's wild with cards everywhere, and and you keep on bubbling back to the front. Uh, To me, that was amazing in in the strategy going on. What besides the fuel window were you really focusing on to get there? Well, you're kind of, you know, at one point you need need the caution, right? You know, I think in our situation when we had to pit for the tires just because they were falling off so quickly, you know, we had to pit. We needed a caution just to, you know, get us to that fuel window. But then also after that, you don't want too too much caution because then – 
you know the, the the people on the other strategy uh, can you know make that work and 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 you know get them to the finish as well and without you jumping them. So it's it's that total uh, constant chess game. You know you're, you're trying to figure out you know when you know a bad caution could really affect you and you know we kind of get over that hump and we're like okay you know we're in a good window now. This is you know we can really make it work and then we've got to try and stretch uh, you know the field behind us so that when we do come out we don't come out you know into a lot of traffic. You know so it's. It is a you know Detroit is is very strange and it's one of the the crazy races you know being a double header I think the drivers you know all of us kind of drive it a little bit differently especially if you have a bad day in the first one you know you, you kind of start the next race with a little bit more anger and determination um, you know which definitely goes a long way but uh, today we were, we were we were fast but we had a little bit of luck too and you got to take it when you can well seven different leads in the race you were three of them so hmm. uh, you played it right. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did as a team. It was fantastic. Well, it was a great race overall, too. I mean, it, you know, I would like run into the room to grab something to eat or whatever, and I was like, what did I miss? Because it was up to hear the commentators start <laughs> screaming and yelling. And, and so, yeah, it was a great race. And, you know, Scott, you talk about uh, the strategy and everything. It's such That's what's so great about IndyCar is that you never know who's going to win. Yeah, you led 44 laps, but it wouldn't, you know, if just one or two little things had changed, you never know who's going to win a race. And that's what's so great about IndyCar. But well, Scott Dixon, I know you're on a short timeline. I know you got to get to talk to a lot of me- different media. We know you got to run, but we really appreciate you coming on Speed City. And of course, we'll uh, we'll hope to have you on the show again because that means you won again. <laughs> Hopefully, next week I'll be talking to you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, just from up the road. All righty, thanks, Scott. <laughs> thanks, Scott. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Have a good night. Cheers. You too. You too. Yeah, always uh, fun to have Scott around. You know, these guys. It's uh, it's good. Uh, uh, truly, I, I value our relationship because you get to know these guys personally, and you really get to pick them out more than a brand or a color or whatever of a car. Yeah, he's a fun guy. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little MotoGP, a little Formula One, talk about Les's trip to Monaco and the fantastic race in uh, MotoGP. Listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these messages. What do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk 1370. What's up? This is Bilko, Freestyle Motocross Rider with the Nitro Circus, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give us a call, 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Les Kaiser, let's talk about Formula One and your trip to Monaco, to the Grand Prix. How awesome was that? Uh, you know, folks, it, uh, it is everything you imagined plus, plus a few more dollars. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, is truly amazing. Having watched that race for so many years, uh, seeing it in person, you know, yes, it's morphed some and, you know, there's no way a car is going to get off the track through a fence and into the water anymore as they did before. And uh, I think that was 55 that happened. Uh, this year marked the 77th running of the Monaco GP. First ran in 1929, but uh, went on hiatus through the war and took a little while to recover and get back into motion there. And and how much of that, I don't know for sure if you know all this, but how much of that is the same circuit the same exact layout. very much of it that's what uh, I, I knew most of it but is it was it identical or just close to identical it is extremely identical you've got the chicane in the front straight uh you've got the uh, swing pool there uh, a couple items like that were thrown in to uh slow down the speed plus property development in the area well, well, dude, we have to talk. People can look up the history. Yeah, I want to hear about your your <laughs> trip, your experience, man. I mean, that that's just. I mean, I've the been experience. to the Monaco Grand Prix, but that was like twenty something years ago. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, the thing that's amazing is uh, if you go to any other race, there is so much care put into grooming the track, keeping it sanitary, all of that kind of thing. Well, in Monaco, not so much. The gates are thrown open every morning and evening, and it returns to normal traffic about <laughs> yeah. an hour after the race. Cars are driving all over the place and all this kind of thing. So, so here's an example of what could happen. Friday, I am there, and uh, remember Sutton Images? Uh, yeah, the Sutton it boys. Is, yeah. uh, Mark Sutton and I get together over in Casino Square, a great little cafe. If you go, I'm going to give you all the travel tips. Go to <laughs> Cafe de Paris in Casino Square, get a front row table to the driveway, and just sit there and watch <laughs> the world drive by, walk by. I saw Checo walk by, hollered at Romain going by. I saw quite a few drivers passing through, amazing cars and everything. So as if that wasn't cool enough, Mark Sutton, the ever-ready professional photographer he is he's walking back to his place and he walks through the tunnel it's open he's walking through and he says he hears this motor just wicked sounding motor he wheels around with his camera and just rattles off a rip of quick shots capturing lewis hamilton in his lazonda lh ripping down through it and this is you know not late but it's after dark friday night and, uh, you know, it was something else. And, and if you heard our grid talk with Will Buxton last weekend, that's what we're, I was alluding to, that 
Apparently, Lewis was getting some late-night practice in as he made a pass through the tunnel into the Zonda. But uh, things like that are everywhere. There are, uh, you know, one-of-one Ferraris cruising around at the casino. There are amazing cars of of every kind. The new Dallalara streetcar was there. Crazy, amazing car. Do they have the uh, LaFerrari parking-only parking Uh, lot? Just about. There was a LaFerrari (laughs) behind the grandstand, the yachts. We all see that yacht harbor. I heard a metric, if you will, that just blew me away. You know, everything add 10 zeros to. For GP weekend, to park your little yacht there, (laughs) 100,000 euros per meter. (laughs) <laughs> to park for the weekend. Yeah. You, you, you think they've got parking meters there? But uh, it is something else. Things that are different about that, uh, you know, visually gorgeous. They are running drivers back and forth through the harbor because it's faster to get places by using the harbor and delivering them someplace shoreline instead of streetwise. Wow. Well, so, uh, well, let's talk about some of your grid walks. I know you you got to team up with Will Buxton now I know you actually walk through the grid, and we're going to talk about that. You we're bet. going to play a couple of those. <laughs> we're going to play a couple of those clips. <laughs> you basically did what we see Will Buxton and, and and all the guys always do over the years, you know, through the grid, seeing who's out running around. But what did you? How did you do the grid with with Will? Was that just in the paddock, or yeah? Will and I were talking, and you know, he said, "Hey, anything you want. Formula One is now behind Speed City, and how can I help you?" And I said, "You know, Will." We truly miss your grid walks. You know, that was a great capsule for somebody that tuned in just before the race, get a quick snapshot of all the story that's going on, and then watch the race. Kind of gives you an abbreviated thing. And he goes, yeah, I do too. And I said, well, we do grid talk. And I said, it's kind of the same thing. And I said, but over the radio waves. And I said, I'd be honored if you'd join me. And he goes, I would absolutely love to. Look, we got to do it this morning. Can you record it right now in the paddock? Yeah, so but that certainly. was like 20 minutes before the race. Yeah, it wasn't. It was uh, before, you know, the formation lap, before all uh, before okay, the so, yeah. uh, warm-up. So we're in the paddock, and we grabbed the uh, quality sheet out of the media center, and we just sat there and knocked out that recording, and it was, uh, it was great. I don't care what anybody says. That is a skill that Will has, and to be honest, it's greatly missed. And uh, I'm very honored to work with Will in that capacity, something about I've admired that feature of his. Yeah. Well, I know that you did the grid walk, and we heard the clip while ago of Lindsey Vaughn. I, <laughs> I know we were laughing because we could tell that you were stumbling because she was visually striking. Tell us about uh, that. Okay, so, you know, not only motorsports for me, but I love snow skiing. And I mean freestyle, moguls, big slalom. All of all of it. I am all over that for the winter sports. And having three daughters, we have watched Lindsey Vaughn, the American girl. She's coming up. We're cheering Lindsey Vaughn, all this. We've seen the broken leg episodes. We've seen all of that go on, the knee replacement, you know, knee surgeries. So I'm there I am walking through the grid. And, you know, we've we've seen the biography biography and everything of Lindsey Vaughn with and all of a sudden, she's like three feet right in front of me, smiling at me. <laughs> I was a bit shocked. Isn't she? Isn't she like almost six feet tall? Or she something? was taller than I am. I think she had some heels, but yeah, she's she's definitely <laughs> taller than I am. It was just like uh, American skier Lindsay Vaughn. <laughs> Lindsay Vaughn coming by, American skier. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, how are you? 
<laughs> That's and great. So uh, she didn't say your name. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> creep. I think is how it would have been pronounced. <laughs> yeah, but, what other celebrities? I mean, I mean, we. Saw oh, you know, the, I, I'll say you know there were lots of European football slash soccer players all over. Uh, some pop stars. Uh, I believe I saw a couple of the Spice Girls there. Uh, just quite a few. Uh, folks like that around. As I was standing in the paddock, right, uh, I know y'all played the Brandon Hartley interview last week, but uh, as I was standing there, I look up and, you know, I'm just scanning the paddock. It was actually right before Will and I were going to meet. And uh, Paolo Chapati of Ducati Motor GP team comes <laughs> walking by just directly in front of him. I was like, hey, dude, aren't you lost? And he turned and it was, you know, <laughs> big Italian hug and everything. And it was really cool. And, uh, you know, the, the connection, one was, he there besides loving motorsports. Well, that Mission Winnow is a sponsor not only of Ducati, but also the Ferrari team. Yeah, yeah. And so he's got that connection. He was visiting the Ferrari counterparts there, having a great time. But uh, really was fantastic visit uh, in the paddock. As a spectator, I had the opportunity. Uh, I stepped away from duty for a little bit, but don't tell my boss. And <laughs> I, I uh, was offered a chance to stand on a uh, balcony above one of the turns, uh, Raskas, and that was uh, fantastic to watch the race right there in, in that kind of position. Is that where you did the post-race show Exactly. From? Yeah, that's yeah where, we had you uh, on for that. Yeah. Kate Walker joined me for the post-race. Um, the imagery that you see there is nothing short of phenomenal, If you, especially if you've followed that Grand Prix for very long. Yeah. And uh, budget-wise, I hesitate to say what that budget was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like I said, it was 25 years ago or whenever I did that, or at least 20. And the same experience walking through the tunnel after the race, going, they were just here, you know, less than an hour ago. And here I am walking through. It's really amazing. Exactly. If you go there, by all means, uh, you can get an Airbnb kind of hook up somewhere in the area. I stayed in Nice, depended on the train, beware train strikes are common. So keep an extra. 200 bucks in your pocket in case you have to get another ride back in the train yeah. doesn't run. Well, what I love about all of this is the fact that the way you said that, I mean, we started getting the emails from Formula One and the, and, and the way they just rolled out the red carpet for you because they want the American exposure. You know, we do a national pre and post Formula One show. I just go to our website to find out where you can hear that. But, um, but so th- they were rolling out the red carpet because they want this, to grow in the American market, which is exactly why they're doing the festival in Chicago next weekend. And- exactly. And, uh, you know, I, you know, as Speed City, I met with every team except one. And uh, that was just timing, the way it worked out. But uh, was welcomed in. You're going to hear more information, more content coming directly from the teams to Speed City. Yeah. And yeah. so... Uh, we started that with Gunther Steiner... And uh, and we've done it over the years. You know, we've had Lewis Hamilton on the show. We've had tons of drivers over the years. But this year, we're going to start getting some more drivers on the phone. So, but uh, uh, yeah, let, let's. I do want to play this okay. one clip. All right. So let me lead yeah. up because I know what's coming. So uh, so on the grid, this is a mash of people. People are darting back and forth. You've got mechanics trying to do things. Spectators in the way of mechanics. Moments before the race. Yeah, and and we're coming down to the last moment. At the moment, uh, right before. You know, I, I have this episode. <laughs> I am uh, standing on grid right in front of the royal box where you see Prince Albert uh, standing, things like that. 
and uh, and they use it as the podium actually. So it's a scene that if you've watched this race, you have seen that spot. And I was just there, just kind of taking it in, getting my breath for a minute. With with an incredible bustle all around you. People just right. going every direction. Cars yeah. still rolling in yeah. and dodging in. And uh, walking by, and I just spoke to Gene Haas, and, and I said, hey, I, I will, you know, I may come back and stop by you. And, and Gene's always great. Yes, American-Canadian audience, he loves it. And so, uh, anyway, so I'm headed towards Gene kind of slowly and uh, right then Gunther steps right in front of me. Gunther Steiner. Yeah, yeah, Gunther Steiner steps right in front of me and stops. It's like he was just going to stop and watch his own team and he steps in front of me and so that uh, that Gene, leads to this. Last minute, what are your thoughts? No, I'm not Gene, I'm Gunther. <laughs> I'm not Gene, I'm Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know the difference. Uh, Not the difference. But uh, We've got, by the way, we have, we have that entire, we got that whole show up on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and also on iTunes and everywhere else, all the, wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you want to hear that. You bet. Uh, you know, I hope that conveyed the excitement of the environment. It, it was really amazing. Uh, anybody and everybody, you know, of racing goes to Monaco. Yeah. Well, I want to hear the story. So we, you watch the race. You're up on the balcony watching the race. You do the post-race show with us. And then you go to the bar, one of the local pubs or whatever, to watch what, the <laughs> Indy 500, right? Yeah, so uh, Stars and Bars is an American-themed restaurant, pub, uh, there in the marina. And apparently it's tradition for a lot of the, the uh, folks to go there and what's interesting is that gives them enough time. They finish up the Monaco GP duties and, you know, do their, do their articles, scripts and shows as we did. And they pick up in the media center and, and basically there's a congregation that meets annually in that stars and bars to watch the Indy 500. Yeah, that's cool. So I go walking in and uh, Kate had invited me. Kate Walker had invited me to come. She goes, there's people there you need to meet. I feel, okay, sure, here we go. So I go in, and uh, they're introducing one of them, and, and Sam, I'm sorry, I forget your last name, but uh, Sam is like, ah, great, first a Canadian, and now a Texan in here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. I'm like, really, who's the Canadian? And I hear this yell from the other side of me, wait, who's the Texan? And I look back, Javilano. <laughs> sitting there so Jacques and I teamed up to uh, be allies for the evening so, so I'm, I'm picturing this you two guys arm in arm beers giant beers in hand singing and dancing but he had wine <laughs> of course he did oh that is uh, Jacques Villeneuve that but it was is cool awesome. because that's what it was like and uh, you know I if you can ever make it to Monaco even if you can only make it there for the Saturday Make a point of going. You know, I get it. Tickets are in crazy priced. Uh, beware, pay attention, and make sure and pay attention specifically if that Friday is a national holiday for Monaco. If it is, nothing happens on Friday. Just beware. Yeah. And so, uh, in, in this case, they had some practices on Thursday. So that's, that's yeah. Well, what they that always well to. they always do they always do that every year for Monaco. You know, right? Friday is if they don't have practice on Friday. So so yeah, be aware of it. And uh, but absolutely, bucket list checked. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. So next up, you're gonna we're gonna send you to Canada. A. Eh? <laughs> you're practicing your A's and your. Uh, I'll uh, get my luggage from the boot. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so now now that you know how to do it all, we're going to expect you to get tons of interviews on the Gridwalk in Canada. Yeah, you bet. And, uh, you know, being in Canada, I'll definitely check in with Lance Stroll, and we'll see how things are shaping up for that team if they're settling in. Some folks said uh, even though it, they, they feel like it is the same team, there's enough head changes on that team that uh, they think things are shook up, and maybe some folks aren't as confident. One other item that uh, I've been following, Williams. Everybody keeps looking at Williams, fighting for who's going to be last amongst their own teammates. And, uh, you know, I found some interesting stats. Uh, The stat that was used was deficit to pole. And that is uh, how far off of pole position were they. Comparing last year to this year, they have improved. They are tighter and closer to the pole sitter. And so, you know, as painful as it seems. like the whole field has done that. Yeah, as painful as it seems for Williams, as we worry about their budgets, as we worry about are they going to be here next year, they've actually improved, even though it doesn't feel like it when you look at the points. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just been so sad for them. But uh, a couple other Formula One stories. Did you see there was a story about the F1 United States audience figures increase? and you know, we thinking ESPN, um, because I'm just going to read this story. It's actually on uh, motorsportbroadcasting.com. And ESPN reporting double-digit growth year-on-year. Year. First five races, not, not including Monaco, have averaged 564,000 viewers on ESPN compared to 442,000 last year. And ESPN also touted the strong growth in the coveted 18-34 to 34 demographic with 100% growth year-on-year. Year. So that's great news. I was at uh, just a kind of a neighborhood gathering last night, and a, uh, this friend of mine who's he's really not into motorsport that much, but he said he walked up. He goes, "I've watched every one of the Netflix episodes now because I saw him a week ago, and he was the one on we web- got cut out of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, including the one we did not that we left were left on the floor in Austin, but, yeah, but yeah. So I, I'm really hoping that all of these things are are good signs for Formula One in the United States. But I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. I think it is a a good sign. I think there's not only interest amongst the American population, but I think we're starting to see more companies be interested. Porsche, specifically, is who I think of. Man. If, okay, so if, if Porsche gets involved in, um, in Formula One, that, that's when we're going to get Jerry Seinfeld on. You think? Well, you said you knew all his buddies, so there you go. All right, well, guys, we got to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the MotoGP race this morning, uh, a fantastic race. Best of the season for sure, so stick with us. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point and shoot six gun finger, the hang loose thumb and pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. 
Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club with exclusive members-only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine, and roadside service. The Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you. Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at Haggerty.com today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is Michael Zweiback, driver of the number two discount tire Porsche. Welcome to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. We said we're going to talk MotoGP, and I'm about to, but I want to just touch on, uh, we're talking about the Ferraris. Did you see the new Ferrari, the Stradale, was announced? Oh, nice. So it's essentially the successor to the LaFerrari because it is another hybrid and with more electrics, you got three electric motors, 968 horsepower. What's the third motor for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll leave that. Yeah, for the we'll, after figure, hour we'll show. figure all that out. But yeah, another, it was a gorgeous looking car, though. But the big difference is, is that it will go, I think, 15 miles. This is out of memory. I read the story on Friday. But I think it'll go 15 miles on electric power alone, which the LaFerrari. It was it's more of the, the hybrid where it's you, you can't use electric only if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. I I don't have I've been saving up, but I haven't quite accumulated enough to buy a for a La Ferrari yet for whatever million go. plus or whatever. Going to take more than a cash register full. Hey, uh, before we go into MotoGP, let's talk motorcycles because I want to talk about our local sponsor, Ducati Austin. Man, are they 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 uh, their timing has been fantastic lately because. They, the Ducati team and MotoGP is, team is kicking butt. Well, they, uh, they had a, a something that happened about three or four weeks ago, where they now they purchased the San Antonio Ducati Aust- or Ducati dealership, and so they now own Austin and San Antonio Ducati. Uh, you know, and that's fantastic because I know that they had quite a few customers coming from San Antonio and and, and even across the border in Mexico to Austin because of the reputation this shop had. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I'm sure they're going to be able to grow it and move it into move the same reputation to San Antonio so those people don't have to drive past San Antonio to get here. But uh you know, kudos to those guys. Vito and Mark have a great team. Josh and all the crowd there really do take care of their customers. They and, they are one of the biggest Ducati dealers in the country. I think they're the largest in their region. And, you know, they, what's really amazing about, and I, I, you know, they, they've been a sponsor for a long time. They're not paying for this, whatever no, we're doing this, right now. <laughs> this is just but, bragging but, on We know them. But those guys are, you wouldn't know it because they're so nice. And you think you know, they're just super nice guys. But Vito runs that shop. You know, he's the, the day-to-day. And Mark, they're both really sharp guys. And Kathy and all the, and all the guys that, that work in the, the mechanics and everything. It's really they do a fantastic job, and I remember talking to them when Coda was announced, 
And I was going, you guys are the Ducati dealer in the home of, you know, the MotoGP Grand Prix here. And at that point, there were two others. It was, there yeah. was, uh, there was Indianapolis and there was, um, uh, Laguna Seca, I believe is where they were at the time. Uh, that was WSBK, but yeah, yeah. Well, actually they, it was paired, but again, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, but the bottom line, I said, man, you guys are poised to do great things. And now the shop here in Austin has grown nice and steady too, nice and steady with a great reputation. And now they have San Antonio. That's awesome. So uh, we were hoping to get get them on the show, but they're both traveling. I think. Well, you know what? Doing- we're we're going to get them on because we've got to talk about somebody that they are sponsoring and the project they're sponsoring. The Pikes Peak International Hill Climb takes place June thirtieth this year. Race to the clouds, and that is from Manitou Springs to the peak. And uh, we'll get them on to talk. Yeah, crazy. But Ducati Austin is behind an entry there, and so. Uh, Definitely going to have to check it out. All right, well, let's talk MotoGP. We just got about three or four minutes left in the show. So, uh, unbelievable race today. I mean, emotional. Really, all, emotional, but all the way through the race. I mean, it was really amazing. And probably the, the, the most amazing thing was the actual the winner because Danilo Petrucci won, uh, a, a Italian in Italy at Mugello, riding on the Ducati team, his first win ever. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard the commentator saying, I don't remember this, but I mean, we've seen Danilo Petrucci's name for years, but he was considering retirement not long ago. Yeah, he Because is, he didn't have success. He has kind of been in the shadow of Jack Miller on the team. And so, you know, there's been question and uh, some folks have, you know, speculated that he was going to retire instead of being fired or, or just yeah. not rehired, nuke signed. And, uh, you know, I think he earned his stripes today. Uh, saved saved his spot on the team. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that because you say that, it's he won the race and Miller crashed out. Miller crashed out. Miller was uh, Miller was what second or third here at Coda this year. I think he was so in he's fifth got today his, when yeah. he crashed. So he's got his spots too. But uh, hopefully that gets Petrucci out of his limbo situation for this. Ducati showed great with the first and third. Jack Miller crashing out eight laps to go. Petrucci wound up to lead the last portion of the race. And, uh, you know, the, the heartbreak that Rossi crashed out as well mid-race. Yeah. And he yeah. did it on his own. So you, you couldn't even really say, you know, he got kicked by another rider or whatever the case is. <laughs> it was... Uh, Marquez Quattro- was nowhere near him. <laughs> yeah. Quattararo had a fantastic qualifying session. He, I'm keeping an eye on him because he seems to be collecting himself and doing much better. So I'm glad to see that going Petrucci and Dovey, uh, gosh, just the battle back and forth. And then uh, Marquez pretty much just looked on and then ultimately pounced on Dovey to uh, slide well, up past let, him. Well, let's talk about that last lap. Because when they got to the last lap, it was Petrucci and Davicioso were battling. And then uh, they got to the last lap and immediately Mark Marquez does what he does. And he dove in. And I thought, oh, no, is he going to win this race after they've been winning, leading the whole race? But So he jumped in, got ahead of all of them. For a minute, and then Petrucci got ahead of him, and then uh, Marquez. So it was Petrucci, Marquez, Davicioso, and then and then I look up, and Alex Rins is right there. So the yeah. whole, the entire last lap, all four of those guys, including Alex Rins, were within you know they were all right next to each other for the entire lap. And then I thought Rins was going to pass Davicioso, and then I thought, and then at one point it looked like Davicioso was going to pass Marquez. So if you did not see it, if if nothing else, just go. I'm sure MotoGP will have that last lap where you can watch that for free if you don't have the MotoGP app, which is oh, you fantastic, by the way. way. It's really amazing. 
And uh, but yeah, it was an incredible race, and I wish we had uh, budgeted our time a little better. We talking to more, but but we got to run. Uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Scott Dixon for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Check us out on our website. Tune in to our next weekend show for Formula One, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Hey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.